Seven teenage girls charm their way into the house of a ghost, a cat, and a chomping piano. Welcome to House. think of any more terrifying music than that one right there <laughs> absolutely terrifying uh is, seriously you think that is pretty terrifying no <laughs> <laughs> uh, i wasn't sure i'm not I, I i am in the dark with how you feel about this movie alex but welcome back to the monsters versus men podcast this is the bargain basement of monster slash j-horror podcasting airwaves this week as we try to stay alive uh in this house we're discussing the j-horror classic house as we start our october j-horror series alex yeah i'm excited this poster so um i didn't realize i had heard of this movie until i saw the poster after i had seen the movie oh i was like oh this one yeah with the cat it's got such a cool poster. It does have a great poster. That's a great poster. But yeah, man, I was I was talking with you about it, and you you weren't too aware of what House was before we started watching. Yeah, no, I had never seen any footage from this. I didn't even know what it was about. Um, and I, even if I was told, I would not have known what to expect. <laughs> Right. I was familiar with this movie, have been told I need to see this movie, and yet I was not prepared to see this movie. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone could be prepared for this movie. No, I don't think you know what to expect. Like even if you're like I was expecting kind of like a psychedelic trip and I still wasn't prepared. Uh, <laughs> no. At just how far it goes. So Interesting. Let's. Let, we should probably get into it though, because it sounds like we already are. Yeah, but real quick, I wanted to ask you what you thought about the Packers game against the Forty uh, Nine ers oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our sports. Um. Yeah, go Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That concludes sports talk this week. Great. We'll see great. you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it then, Alex, uh, because I am curious what you have to say about House a little bit more than the Packers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somehow inspired by both Jaws and his daughter's subconscious fears and nightmares, Nobuhiko Obayashi's house manages to become the landmark for J-horror features for Western audiences. Personally, I find this both remarkably strange and blatantly obvious. But I'm curious, Alex, why do you believe this film has received such reputation? And do you believe it deserves that reputation? I mean, I, I have to ask, Eric, is that true? Yeah. The inspiration? Yeah, so this, the, 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 the Jaws part uh, is Toho, after the success of Jaws, <laughs> wanted to create their own Jaws, um, and they asked Obayashi to do that, and somehow he came up with this movie. <laughs> wow, that's but ridiculous. His daughter's subconscious fears and nightmares is absolutely true. Um, and that's documented documented in the documentary about this movie. Um, 
in which he goes into great detail about how his daughter was the inspiration for most of this film. Uh, who was she the inspiration for? I, mm. I think it's more not a character. I would mm-hmm. say he probably his daughter would be in all of these characters, right? Oh, um, okay. But more of like the, the subconscious fears, you know, like some of these like things that are just on the edge of like our periphery, I guess. That for us, maybe you're like me. For for us, I wasn't like super scared by this movie which I, I'll, I'll get into, I'm sure. But uh, I could see myself being pretty scared as like a 12-year-old girl watching this movie. <laughs> I could see you being scared as a 12-year-old girl. Um, so I, uh, I was thinking, you know, Occam's Razor, you know, the most obvious, is um, that she was a cannibal ghost. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Absolutely. You know, go, go, going back to your question, though, uh, about whether this deserves, like, its reputation, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to proudly, as we both tend to do on the show, show my ignorance. No. Not the, us, Alex. Not us, I know. So, if this is actually the beginning of J-Horror, um, then, you know, I can absolutely 100% see uh, why it deserves its reputation now. Yeah, I don't, th- I wouldn't call it the beginning of J-Horror, um, but it's it's probably the, it's just a film that I think us as Western audiences, like if you point to like a landmark film, it's the one we would probably point to and be like, House. Right? Ah, okay. Um, I don't think yeah. it's the first one. Like the film No, it's not the first, week. it's not the first Japanese yeah, horror movie, exactly. but I'm thinking the way, so the way that it inspired some of the biggest horror movies to come out of Japan. So, uh-huh. and it's not even, the funny thing is it's, it's not even the horror element that I see popping up, uh, right. but it's the ideas in it. Mm-hmm. There are so many elements of this that are in the grudge and the ring that I see here. Like, you know, the black hair in the bath where it creeps out of the water. I think that appears both in the grudge and the ring. Um, the, the, you know, the possession, the eye in the mouth, uh, the paleness of the villain. It's not too original, I guess, there. But, you know, and, and the, the ghostly transportation across the room uh, that she has. But, yeah, I mean, I see a lot of these elements cropping up in future J-horror movies and in the American adaptations of these J-horror movies. Uh, you see a lot of the DNA from this movie go through that. Now, I don't know if that DNA dates before this movie, uh, but for the sake of this and my limited knowledge, I'm going to pretend that it does. Now, really, though, um, the fact it's all in the house and, you know, the origins of the villain in this is like this restless spirit mm-hmm. is another big part of the heritage that yeah. I feel like I see, especially in something like The Grudge. Um, now, it's interesting. The spirit has a origin that's not like filled with violence. It's just sad. Yeah, and it preys upon people, which is different than if I remember right, uh, the ring and uh, the grudge are both kind of based out of like, you know, as, as a lot of ghost stories are, uh, some sort of horrible thing that happens that mm-hmm. creates this thing, right? Yeah, this is more just um, unrequited, just, not unrequited, just uh, unfulfilled love. I yeah, guess. isn't that weird for the origin of your big bad? <laughs> yeah, and you have that moment. Uh, you have that moment at the end where it's that monologue and 
Uh, It was right before the final scene, actually, where you have that monologue, the aunt saying this is all about love. Yes. Which is really quite weird. weird. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I mean, for her story, I guess it is. But uh, but yeah, that that being said, I, I do think do I think this deserves to be held as a horror masterpiece? Uh, I have no idea. Um, I, d- I don't know how much it lands in the horror field. It's barely at all. Like, I feel like there's barely even a toe in the horror. Um, mm. you know, even for the seventies, like, uh, I don't think this will qualify as horror. I mean, the, the next year we get Halloween and then two years later we get alien. So it's yeah. like, uh, you know, we, we've got w- way more horror filled. Movies. Oh, well, sorry. Alien, sorry, sci-fi, alien sci-fi. Right. You're right. You yeah, can't be horror sci-fi. as well. Yeah, you can't right. get those. There's not such thing as a uh, horror sci-fi crossover. Alex, get get it right, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I uh, there's this movie is unquantifiable. I think for me. <laughs> well, it's funny, Alex. I was just uh, scrolling through Just Watch to find you know some streaming services uh, where I could watch Venom, which I can't. Uh, <laughs> and one of the categories here was movies to be experienced um, oh. versus like uh, movies to be watched. It was like you have to experience it. I think it was was like the category. Okay. Uh, and the the first one on the list was House, of course. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I. I watched this with um, it, it was bizarre fascination. I would say I think on that is the hand, perfect way to put it. Yeah. On one hand, I didn't find it scary. Uh, and I think that probably has to do a little bit, at least with my jaded and Western sort of perspective. But on the other hand, if I looked at this film from the perspective of a young girl, which I kind of alluded to earlier, I found it completely intriguing. And so that's what I tried to do once I settled into uh, Obayashi's vision. Gorgeous is haunted from those opening scenes, not by any supernatural horror, but from this feeling of someone potentially replacing her mother. Like that's the setup. That's the setup for a movie that's this mix of an allegorical fable, a haunted house escape story, and ultimately a revenge tale. (laughs) But what makes this film work, I think, is how it establishes what it wants to be thematically and stylistically within the opening moments. A different film would wait, I think, until the horror starts, like later on, like when you get to the house, it would wait until the horror starts to begin experimenting with the camera and mm-hmm. the lenses. But that's not what Obayashi does here because from the beginning, he starts establishing that sense of surrealistic wonder from the perspective of these young girls. Without that sense of wonder right from the beginning, I think I would be more inclined to just laugh at the rest of the film instead of my actual reaction, which hinged between wondering what was going to happen next and this lingering sort of dread. Uh, So I'm curious, Alex, which parts of the film did you find scary at all and which parts fell flat? You already mentioned maybe not too horror for you, but (laughs) any parts you found uh, unsettling? Yeah, yeah, I do think there are a few parts. So the only ones that really elicited any sort of horror or unsettling aspects for me is... The initial reveal of the aunt when they open the doors is she's just chilling there. 
the yeah. lighting's really good. It, it, it is a little creepy. Um, and then also the initial reveal of Max's severed head. Oh man, yeah. pretty good. Uh, it, it it goes places I never would have imagined um, after that reveal. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we even had a booty bite going on over there. That was interesting. Um, yeah, which was weird because it was like. I'm like, is this alluding back to that scene where uh, Mr. What was his name? Mr. Togo fell into the bucket, right? Oh, maybe. I was thinking like she's just, you know, she likes watermelon. She's taking a big old bite of watermelon, I guess. Um, <laughs> also, you know, the final capture of the uh, fantasy at the very end mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, it, there is a little bit of dread tinged on it because she's kind of like given in, I feel like. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. That moment was pretty interesting to me, too. Uh, other than that, though, I'm kind of like you. I just watched this film in this like constant state of bewilderment. Um I never knew what was going to happen next, especially like, like you said, like all the editing at the beginning, is just yeah. complete nonsense, but also fun and weird. Um, yeah, oh yeah. I, I, it's just like, it feels so cobbled together yet intentional in a lot oh, of ways. Yeah. It's just really hard to put into words like <laughs> this movie. Um, but it's the entire time my eyes are glued on it. Now, are there parts that fall flat? Yeah. Um, the boyfriend or the teacher turning mm-hmm. into bananas was just plain dumb. <laughs> um, and honestly, the finale with the soon to be stepmom was kind of lame. Like the, the, that entire story element felt useless to be perfectly yeah. honest. It, it didn't have a payoff. It didn't have any point to it it turned out i thought that it would have more of a point to it and it just it didn't it was so strange and kind of a waste of time i felt like um Uh, now i i thought it would come into play more but i was i was i was let down that the stepmom didn't have more a bigger role time and a bigger role yeah Mm. or that she wasn't in it at all which would probably have made more sense I, i i definitely want to talk about that in scene in a second, but uh, the one complaint that I had was this is a slight complaint was the allegorical nature of these girls. I actually like this a lot um, for me as like an English teacher. It's fun to think through these concepts and to think as the, of these characters as these allegories. But the problem with creating this allegorical tale is that you lose some of those personal stakes. Um, but for me, if I am going to think about those allegories, I think about them in these sort of preteen stereotypes where individuals are defined by their likes and dislikes and talents rather than their words and actions. So each of these girls then is destroyed ultimately by some inversion of that stereotype with the most obvious and over the top being Melody, who is literally forced into playing the piano more despite the wishes or despite her own wishes to make other girls feel better. Um, that was a perfect example of, of kind of what happens with these girls and these allegories that was over the top, but I thought pretty effective. But as I said, because of that nature, these characters didn't have the personal stakes in them that made me invest in them as people instead of ideas, which 
probably contributes to why I wasn't exactly scared while watching this film. Did you invest in any of the characters, Alex, except for maybe Blanche, that is, or Mr. Togo, maybe? You know, the only characters that I really connected with, and no, not Blanche or Mr. Togo, um, even though he did a great uh, boot scoot on the ground with the bucket, I guess, early on. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, is Mr. Togo the watermelon guy or the pervy teacher? He's the teacher. I love how that teacher, who's just kind of like this, he's a silly caricature, right? But he is like the caricature of this manly man for these girls. It was really (laughs) silly because he's not, right? Like, I mean, he's pretty bananas. (laughs) 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 So, uh, really, though, the only characters that I really liked was actually Mac and Kung mm-hmm. Fu. Uh, I thought they were actually both pretty lovable. Uh, yeah. Kung Fu was a really fun character, though, that I really liked. Like, she's like this embodiment of perseverance. Like, she even sends her severed legs to kick the cat at the end. That's pretty rad to get everything going. Like, she she is she's got the gusto, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty rad, and I really like a. There's another aspect that I like about this that I, I see in a bunch of other horror movies that, you know, it's what makes some slasher movies special. And that is how a bunch of these characters die. Very different from each other. Very interesting. Uh, one, The most interesting one to me probably in its execution was how they showed the professor get dissolved in the stomach acid of the house. Yeah. I really like that. I thought that was a kind of a cool element. Also, I really like the aunt. Uh, you know, we haven't really talked about her a whole lot, but she's actually pretty creepy. Oh, for and sure. I like that she teaches or she teases uh, fantasy with like the eye in her mouth and like slowly kind of revealing herself to her out of the corner of her eye and like no one else's. Yeah. It really showed this interesting malicious playfulness with the character mm-hmm. that I really appreciated. Oh man. That the, the one scene that was pretty creepy is when she like walks backwards into the fridge. Oh yeah. Right. And then, <laughs> and she, then pops she appears up on the in the foreground of that shot. Right. A second later. That's pretty yeah. creepy. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was pretty. I just, I, I thought she was, I think she did a great job. Oh yeah. Um, so, Going back to that conversation at the end, I actually find that final conversation pretty fascinating uh, with the stepmom. I am actually completely satisfied with this ending. Yes, the house envelops these characters, but somehow I feel okay about that because of this conclusion in which the new stepmother arrives to receive her treatment if you will she's done nothing wrong is the thing she's not a bad person as far as we know and yet because of how this film pulls us through the seemingly psychedelic perspective we feel fine about the fact that she's going to meet her end uh as the next meal uh as you were but yeah. uh yeah i i didn't need more of um more of her in the story just because that's the reason they're going to this house, right? Is because Gorgeous is kind of um, turns away from her stepmom and wants to go to a place where 
she can learn more about her actual mom, um, where she has some sort of connections. Um, and so then she retreats to this house. So I didn't necessarily need to know more because I was kind of like the catalyst. And then it does come back around at the end as just kind of like the final payoff. Uh, so I don't know. I, I like the ending hmm. overall. Okay. Okay. All right. Indian Plus today, Alex, we talk about Venom. We talk yep. about how next week we are doing Black Widow for a Marvel versus Men on MVM Plus. Uh, and we talk about you trying to beat a video game you've been working on for two years. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and whether you will actually finish it sooner rather than later. We'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll see. see. To be continued. Yeah. Very. You can find that conversation over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive the entire backlog of MVM plus episodes as well. Let's go ahead and move into our awards though. Alex coolest character award. Who'd you have? We had the same one, Eric. Okay. Let's just go ahead and say it. Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's the best character. Yeah. She's awesome. And the editing and music, whenever she is performing in a I mean, Kung she has Fu, her own theme song. Like she just has her own theme song. It's great. It's so awesome. The first time it happens, I have no idea what happened. She jumps at a chandelier to kick it after it kills a lizard. And she jumps to kick it and it disappears and no one says anything. And it is just complete insanity. Oh, yeah. And then anytime she even kicks a door or anything, the music plays. It is so funny. <laughs> it's Absolutely. so ridiculous. I love it. Yep. Well, I won't add much to Kung Fu then because I agree. Uh, what about your most memorable line award? Um, yeah. Uh, Kung Fu says, after fighting a whole bunch of flying logs, she kicks everything and fights it all off. And she says, her reaction is, maybe it was an illusion. And I said... <laughs> That is how I feel about this whole movie. <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting line, right? Because we look at it and we're like, what? That makes, that makes absolutely no sense that uh, she says that. But again, it goes back to the beginning of the film and just the sort of tone established, which creates this sense of wonder. These girls are so carefree and they think like nothing can happen to them. It's what it feels like. They're, they're, they're pretty innocent in a sense. Yeah. Um, even when these terrible things are happening around them, they maintain this sense of innocence until the very end. Uh, so she convinces herself that maybe it's an illusion, which is quite telling, I think. That's ridiculous. All right, Eric. What's your- <laughs> Just kidding. Um, what's your line? Um, my line happened right as Neely decided to look up at the screen for about the first time. Oh, yeah? And it was, toilet paper, please. <laughs> she then proceeds to watch like the next five minutes and is like what are you watching i'm like i don't know this is a weird scene but you haven't seen anything (laughs) yeah you think this is weird (laughs) yes we are smelling uh underwear right now but (laughs) yeah yeah it's so it's so so strange it's so strange. Uh, what about your can't believe that acting award? Uh, I've got to give it to the aunt. I think her name is uh, O'Share. Is that right? Uh, no, that is um, 
Maybe. No, that that's Auntie. Gorgeous. No, Yoko Minamita plays uh, Auntie. Yeah. I don't even know if she has another name. Um, but I think she is a wonderful bad guy. And I think she does like that, like I mentioned earlier, earlier that playful maliciousness really well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually am going to go with gorgeous uh, Kimiko Ikigami. Uh, she does a great job at selling this transformation, I think, selling this, um, I guess mm. she is taken over by yeah. Auntie. Um, she does a good job at selling that. I really like that mirror scene where yeah. the mirror is cracking and then her face is cracking. And that's pretty horrifying as well, honestly. And again, it plays into that idea that I was mentioning earlier about these allegories. You know, gorgeous is kind of defined by how gorgeous she is. And here she is looking into that mirror and seeing herself reflected and changing. Um, so it plays on those types of horrors. What about your standout effect award, Alex? Uh, I'm going to give it to Professor Dissolving in Acid. Um, <laughs> I didn't know how that was going to go. You know, the film plays a lot with, uh, well, sometimes. It, it, it plays a lot with not showing us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, except for probably Melody and her. I would say okay. are really the two that, that actually show us some stuff. Um, and I caught me by surprise. I just expected her to be like sucked down into the water and the way they did the dissolving was just a really cool effect. Yeah. What about Mm. you? Yeah. To me, it goes to melody. It go back to melody that we've talked about, which I think is probably one of the most well-known scenes from this movie. It's a scene I'll definitely remember. It's just when a piano eats a girl, you remember that, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but the one effect that I'll specifically remember. The dancing is, skeleton in the background? No, but I, I will probably remember that as well. <laughs> it's actually the <laughs> piano fingers that continue to play the song. Yeah, that was cool. Fingers. That was really cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure how you did this, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> it is cool. They actually took her fingers off and just oh, did had they? the strings. Yeah. That must be in the documentary that I haven't seen yet. It is. Oh, they even okay. show how they how they chop her fingers off. Wow. Wow. That's intense. That's intense. How about your Oh, That's a Good Shot Award? It's called Method Acting, Eric. Oh. Um, <laughs> so mine had to be, I already mentioned it, but the opening of the house, they open that door and Auntie is right there. She's like lit up in that like that creepy greenish thing. She, I don't expect her to be there when they open it. And it really set a great tone for the horror that I thought this movie would have (laughs) for the rest of it. But I think the shot's actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is actually there's right before we get the head reveal at the well, there's the shot of kind of the Valley in the background, which is kind of a sunset shot. So you already know I'm drawn to it, Alex, Mm -hmm. but right before she pulls up the head, there's this sense of dread that occurs just through the way that the camera moves. Um, it kind of does that effect where it zooms in and the background kind of goes out and it's just disorienting and you know, something terrible is about to happen. And really that's when things start to shift in this horror sort of way. We get some hints, but then, 
this is the first time we see like a horror element explicitly with that head. And that's quite a revealing moment, but it's not the head. That's my, Oh, that's a good shot award. It's what's done with that, uh, kind of a long shot, uh, at the well for fantasy. Who's out there, uh, about to have the scare of her life. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it is a good shot. There's, there's some pretty good shots in here. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's amidst look, all the chaos. Movie. It's it's a chaotic, well-made, purposeful movie. Um, it feels so nonchalant at times, but that's exactly what he's trying to do. I think, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was like it was happily murdering murdering all these children. Very strange, um, and, and it was like, oh, like it felt at, at times it felt like there was no impact or anything. Like it's like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. It's like, huh, interesting. Mm, mm-hmm. Weird sort of tone, I will say. <laughs> well, let's let's move into our rating then, Alex. Uh, I'll go first, and then uh, we'll hear your take. All right. So for me, while, while the lack of personal stakes forced me to detach a bit from the horror of House, the meaning embedded and the technical wackiness managed to charm me and entertain me pretty much throughout. Uh, now, Alex, despite your reputation... You like movies and media that make you think. And I think this film certainly made me think beyond my initial viewing of it. I don't know if I'm eager to revisit this anytime soon uh, because of my few qualms. But if you are willing to take the trip, I certainly think a visit to house would be worth the while, Alex. Mm. So I give this a 3.5 out of 5. Okay. Yeah, I... I'm falling in line with you uh, quite a bit. You know, initially I was like, is this ever going to be scary? And then I kind of landed somewhere in this weird area where I was like, I don't know if it really needed to be because it's just so unique and interesting. And I don't even really know if it's a good movie. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) (laughs) I'm still thinking about the movie, right? I'm still thinking about the wacky editing. I'm thinking about some of the characters even, not not that they're particularly great, but just how some of their arcs play out and, you know, how their, their tropes kind of lead to their demise. And, you know, auntie is a pretty creepy villain. Mm -hmm. I, I really like her, but the film doesn't know how to manage its tone. Well, I do think a lot of things are purposeful, like the chaotic editing. Um, and I, you know, I do think the music is purposeful. I just don't know if it was done the right way. Mm. Um, and you know, we didn't really I, talk about that after the opening. Alex. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's really up for debate because I do think some of the music is used kind of poorly. Some of it's uh, great. There are some really good tracks. You know what in here. It's interesting. I, I, I kind of thought to myself, I, Alex isn't going to like this music right here, um, which is interesting. But I yeah. Like, I don't know, there's something cheerful about it that is, you're right, completely deliberate um, with what it's trying to do. It feels it feel, feels cheerful and yet off, right? Which yeah. is how these characters feel too. Like they're, they're constantly cheerful and yet there's something just slightly off about them um, uh, <laughs> that's completely purposeful that's right? what my mom tells me too yeah you're yeah, cheerful you're but cheerful. there's just something off about you off. 
yeah. And, and you know, I don't, I can't tell what is purposeful and what's not because this is a pretty deliberate feeling movie. But mm-hmm. it does feel like a mishmash a lot of times, and I don't know if it always works. I really don't know if it does. But this is a movie I would recommend most people see. Actually, just to, like you said earlier, you know, this is a movie to experience. Mm-hmm. This is something that you will not believe you are watching while you're watching it. <laughs> right? It is complete chaos. And there is something that I actually really like about it. Um, I want to give it a 3.5 out or yeah, 3.5 out of 5 as well. I, you know, I have a lot of problems with the movie, but I cannot say that I did not have a blast watching it. Mm-hmm. I was laughing a lot. And I was laughing a lot at Cece's face whenever she would see something like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Neely had a couple of those moments, too, where she just would look up at a certain time. And I think to myself, oh, what a time to look up. But then I realized, well, it could have been any time in this film, and I would have had that same thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's so... It's so true. It's yeah. just so bizarre. But I, I recommend it to everybody because it's, you know, it's not so hard of an R that anyone's really going to be bothered by it nowadays. Yeah. And it is just insane enough for people to at least have a good time watching it. You'd be intrigued watching it at the very least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're at least going to finish the viewing going, what did I watch? Yeah, exactly. But not in a way with like that was a des- like this was a miserable f- film viewing experience. But like I saw something, and <laughs> I at least probably laughed some. <laughs> uh, well, next week, Alex, we're actually going to take a step further back into J horror. We thought we would start kind of in 1977, maybe set that as our beginning here. But we're going to take a step back next week, and we're going to watch. Goke Body Snatcher from Hell, um, which is available on Criterion, on Flix, Fling, and elsewhere online, is what I will say. Huh, okay. So we're watching. Do you think it's okay that we watch Goke, or is this Body Snatcher from Hell deserved to be on a short sale? Ooh. That was off the top of my head. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm out of it. Um, well, okay, <laughs> body snatcher from hell, break us out of our shell. Mm-hmm. Okay. We shall see. It, I don't oh, know. we shall. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we shall. We shall see. <laughs> Ooh, okay. It's a shame it's not ocean. Actually, I don't even know what this movie is, so it could be ocean themed. Mm, could be. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. You can email us mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. If you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, rock band for PlayStation 3, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week. Try to to stay alive.
Was it just me, Eric, or was Kung Fu at one time in a skirt and then she fought those flying sticks and then suddenly she was in like underwear or like a swimsuit? suit. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That was so strange. And then she was in it for the rest of the thing and I was like, oh, interesting. Exactly. I, was like, I have no idea.